On this week's episode of the On Deck Podcast, we sit down with Brad Allen, the chairman of NextVR and one of the leaders in the virtual reality space. Alan explains how slowing cell phone sales can help his industry. Uh, fortunately for us in the VR industry, the mobile sales have basically plateaued. So now all the mobile phone companies are scrambling to what are what can they do now to sell more phones, right? So that, and it's VR. How VR will arrive sooner or later. And whether that's in uh, 12 months, 24 months, or five years, it's a given, it's gonna happen. I mean, unless you think technology has stopped today and it's never going to, you know, keep going. And how VR and augmented reality can take the viewing experience to the next level. They're doing some like mind-blowing stuff. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. Alan was joined by SeatGeek's Ed Kelly, who works to give users the best possible visual experience, and host Will Flaherty, the VP of Growth at SeatGeek. Entering the on-deck circle now, virtual reality. Welcome to this next episode of the On Deck Podcast. I'm Will Flaherty of SeatGeek. I want to introduce our topic and our guests today. Really excited to delve a little bit deeper into the world of VR and, and its applications in sports and kind of where, where that future is going. And so lucky enough to be joined by two guests. Uh, to my right is Ed Kelly, who's an engineer here at SeatGeek. He's done a lot of work um, on VR and, and looking at how to bring uh, more immersive experiences to life to help SeatGeek consumers understand where they're shopping for tickets. And then joined by a very special guest, Brad Allen is the executive chairman of NextVR. And um, Brad, thank you for, for being here. Yeah, thanks, Will. Nice to be here. So uh, tell us a bit more about NextVR for, for folks that maybe not, haven't heard of the company or which guys do. Sure. So we're kind of known as the live streaming VR company. We were founded actually in 2009 around uh, stereoscopic compression technology for 3D television. Um, so, you know, the stereoscopic aspect of VR is hugely important to get that sense of presence. So fortunately, we started this a long time ago and uh, because it is no easy task. Um, and, you know, fast forward till 2012, 13 is when Oculus was doing their Kickstarter. And it looked like this time VR was actually going to be happening. So we pivoted at that time into, into virtual reality. And since we've been able to use our technology to bring um, to the biggest fan bases in the world around sports, uh, NBA, NHL, um, soccer with Premier League. Um, we're actually doing cricket. Um, we've done cricket. We're doing more in a couple of weeks. But every every major sport, NFL, we did some last year as well. So every, every major sport. So when you mentioned stereoscopic 3D, for for folks of, of kind of a younger age, you might remember the old red and blue glasses at right. movie theaters. Is that that's kind of that type of technology? Well, that, or, yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah, there's more to it than. But I mean, the, the the effect is that not only well VR, you know, you're able to look around, so that's the big wow, right? So whether it's even 2D and stitched and panoramic, you're looking around now for the first time ever. It's a new experience, but then you add in the stereoscopic aspect, which means it's now 3D. So you're looking, you're sitting courtside at a basketball game. The depth is there of the players across the floor or the basket down at the other end of the court. So it really gives you that sense of presence, like you're, you're transported to that seat. 
Right. And so to go from that to more to where we are today, what were some of the technological innovations maybe broadly in the marketplace that really opened the door? Well, I, I think the biggest thing was Oculus. Um, so so that head tracking, that that was the biggest thing because that is the ability to look around in a space with a pair of glasses on. As you look to the right, you're going to see what's to the right of you. And as you look to the left and up and down and so forth, that really was the biggest thing. Got it. Got it. So uh, certainly you've mentioned a ton of different sports uh, that, that you filmed. I'm sure there are many more. Where's the early feedback in terms of the sports where you've gotten uh, some of the most interesting input into how this has opened up a new experience, maybe beyond what you'd see on TV? Um, I, so I think, you know, the NBA, which we've done a lot of work with, the, the courtside seat is arguably the most coveted seat and the best seat in sports, right? Because it's a small floor relative to a field. Um, and, and just having that courtside seat is an amazing experience. The NHL has also been amazing. People are blown away because if you've been to a hockey game, it's incredible being there. It's a, it's a different feel. And then translating that to television doesn't do very well. As good as the broadcasters are, they even admit it. They're like, it just doesn't translate well because the puck is it's moving fast mm-hmm, and all that. Mm-hmm. But in VR, um, the response has been incredible. People are like, this is so much better than watching it on television because you do feel like you're there. It's kind mm-hmm. of bridges between TV and actually being there. Um, the other thing I can mention is uh, boxing. So we've done professional boxing with Fox Sports, um, UFC. We've done UFC as well. So in a, you know, which we'll call the, 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 uh, the boxing ring is like the stage, right? So it's smaller the stage, the more intimate the experience. So we've had the, uh, the cameras right off the turnbuckle and you're in VR and the guys are like a couple feet from your, from your, your view or your face that are, you know, you see the sweat flying off of them and you're feeling like you could reach out and touch them. So those, you know, the smaller venues are, 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 are better, I would say right now, especially because the resolution isn't quite there and all that. Um, but you know, multiple cameras around a field for, for, uh, uh, either soccer or football, um, translates well as well. And then in that circumstance with the, the larger field, do you find that, uh, viewers will switch between camera angles? They'll try to take in different perspectives. Yeah. And, and it's a different thing. And I was just, uh, I was speaking with someone at the NFL today, the, and I'm a sport, I'm a huge sports fan. So this is like a dream. I mean, for me, because I've been to like every major sports event this year. We did the Kentucky Derby recently. The bigger, um, the bigger fields, we'd use multiple cameras. We could use five cameras. So on an NFL game, say there's a camera at each end goal line. There's another one on the sidelines and virtual reality is about transporting you to that place, right? So the coverage is going to be different than you're watching it on TV because TV, they got the close-ups and you're right there and all the rest mm-hmm. of that. This is transporting you like you're standing on the sideline. Mm-hmm. So I stood on the sideline when we did the Jets game and I'm a huge Jets fan. It was amazing, but you're not, you know, you're looking up at the Jumbotron um, to watch some of the plays because you don't have the, you know, you're, you're, um, six foot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're on the sideline. You don't have a great view of the guys down at the other end of the goal line. Um, so that's the view you're getting in VR. So the ability to then transport yourself around the field, because now the play is down there, transport yourself down to the end zone camera. That's, that's pretty incredible. I think one of the conceptually interesting things that, that you mentioned there is when you think of a traditional TV broadcast, it's highly produced, right? Mm-hmm. There's someone in a truck, they're picking the camera angles 
they are determining, you know, what frames are going to be shown, when's going to, when you're going to have a close up. Sometimes it works out very well for the best productions. Sometimes they focus on things you, you, you maybe wouldn't want to see. So, um, do you see a lot of, certainly there's potential, but do you see demand from consumers to want to kind of be their own producer in some respects? Uh, certainly as VR may open that up. Right. Yeah. It hasn't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, so when we've done NBA games, we've got cameras at, at each, under each basket, like by the stanchion right below the uh, the backboard so you can see the players coming at you. So as they're going the other direction, you're able to switch to the other side. So there's really, um, you know, you can look at, you can look at VR um, and the features that you can do in VR are different than watching TV. So as you mentioned, there, you got a producer switching from camera to camera. We've done both, just testing what are people like. Personally, I like to control where I want to watch something mm-hmm. um, because maybe I was focused on this player and they're down here. And now all of a sudden the, the producer switched to the other camera. I was like, wait a minute, I still wanted to see what that player was doing. Um, but this puts the fan in more control. Um, and we've done two things. We've done, you know, the organic, okay, I'm sitting here courtside. And I'm going to listen to the arena announcer and the sights and sounds is, you know, like you're sitting there. Or do you want to incorporate the broadcast announcer and bring in the graphics? And you can make it as produced as you want or as organic the experience as you want. And certainly, I'm sure for different sports, different events, the the kind of range on that all, all varies. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Kentucky Derby, which we did a couple of weeks ago, which was which was awesome. Um, we produced that one. We had eight cameras around the track and the paddock and all this. And we were able to, we, we actually produced it from the trailer. So we, you know, NBC sports was our partner on that. And they have an expert that does, has done all the, all the derbies, um, produced it as they're going, coming around the, you know, the, the oval around the turns and, and all that. So that was a better experience that way, I think, than having the, the fan who may not be that familiar with horse racing, uh, to, to get the right, you know, viewpoint. I mean, I'd love to know more about the kind of technology that goes into, you know, actually producing these events. Right. Uh, kind of like you know, how much of this technology were you able to reuse from your stereoscopic 3D work? Um, and what's the, what sort of work did you have to do kind of new for VR? Yeah. So, that, no, that's a good question. We used uh, our core compression technology, um, which is the biggest hurdle, though we've got a lot of years of having developed it. Um, so what we've been doing each platform that comes out. So between Oculus and HTC and the Sony, Sony PlayStation coming up and, uh, cardboard, even the SDK for cardboard, they're all evolving. So we've had to engineer on each one of those. And, uh, you know, if you've tried cardboard, it's good for kind of the starter experience and, uh, it doesn't have the head tracking that the, the IMU that's in the Gear VR, which allows that smooth turning from left to right. Um, so we actually worked with with Qualcomm on their new chip um, to put that head tracking on the chip as opposed to in the headset. We took it out of there. So you, now you can use cardboard. We're actually releasing this, uh, the, our cardboard app this month. But you can use then use cardboard and the experience is going to be as good or better um, than the Gear VR is. Um, so there's been a lot, there's still a lot to develop, um, especially when, when you consider, so the core is the compression technology, and then you've got each platform being released. You've got to engineer around those. And then you have all the features you, you think about adding in to the, to the fan experience. So there's, there's quite a bit more to go. And I, I've read a lot about 
uh, y'all working on kind of light field technology for, mm-hmm. I guess, capturing, uh, you know, the immersive imagery and whatnot. And because that provides, you know, not just rotational, right. Kind of looking around, but also some translation, right. You know, right. be able to look around the ref a little bit. Um, is that something you're currently working on? And, uh, is that captured using the same technology as the, the non-light field version or are those specific like new cameras that you're working with? Yeah, I can't really comment too much about that, <laughs> but, sure. uh, yes, you'll be able to, to your example, look around the ref. If the ref's standing in front of you, you'll, you'll be able to look about, about a foot on each side, which really sells the sense of, of presence. Um, you know, right now it is three degrees of freedom. So it's wherever your the camera is mounted, you can kind of look left and right up and down. Um, but this will add more to the, uh, the positional tracking, which is what you get with the Vive and, and, uh, the Rift. So that will, that will continue to, uh, to develop. And, and, and what do you see as kind of being, you know, the biggest bottleneck from a technology point of view? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, you know, consumers just not having, you know, the Oculus Rift requires a you know, modern PC with a expensive graphics card. Um, or is it the, the, you know, broadband, uh, you know, the bandwidth required for this content? You know, what is the, the technology barrier to this becoming like mainstream? Right. Um, so I think to your first point, the, the, um, the Rift and, you know, the PC, you need a $2,000 PC and all that. So it's, it's kind of skewed towards the gamers at this point. Um, and, and we work on all those. It's an amazing experience on, on any of the PC based or even the PlayStation based, um, um, headsets and, and systems. Um, mobile is going to be obviously huge because first it was first to market with a gear VR. And, uh, fortunately for us in the VR industry, the mobile sales have basically plateaued. So now all the mobile phone companies are scrambling to what are, what can they do now to sell more phones, right? So that, and it's VR, which means they're, the screens on the phones are going to become higher resolution because right now that's one of the biggest problems is the resolution. It's pixelated, all that stuff. It's still amazing because you're looking around for the first time. Um, but the pixelation and then, as I mentioned, around uh, the head tracking and positional tracking and things like that, um, those are the, the limitations, but also those are the things that are being worked on most by, um, especially on the mobile side of things, which is, which is great for everybody. In that respect, it seems like uh, certainly the Android platforms and Samsung specifically has done a lot of work to cater the product towards VR. Do you get a sense that Apple is thinking about VR in the same way? Is there more room for them to catch up? Are they behind? Yeah, I, w- I would say, um, I mean, Apple hasn't publicly announced anything. You know, Tim Cook's made a couple statements here and there. They've hired a bunch of people. Um the, the comments I've heard are they, it's not Apple quality yet. And if you look at Apple's track record of how they introduce products, they let everybody else go first and then they come out with something that's amazing. Um, I, I, I would expect by next year there'll be an Apple pair of glasses. And, you know, I think one thing you, when you laid out the technology roadmap, it seems like the, uh, certainly the, the content collection, the cameras, the infrastructure to, to, bring in and, and, and produce 3D content is, is in a pretty good place right now. A lot of the technology to render it is uh, moving along in the right direction. When you look at the actual kind of consumption framework, specifically the form factors of how consumers are, are um, processing and taking in this, 
do you see an evolution where in 10 years from now we'll be wearing big, large headsets? Will it be a, a more lighter form factor that's more glasses-like? And where do you see right. that technology going and as it pertains to consumer adoption? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, as we've seen the, the mobile device, I mean, it took a lot longer, but we had the brick cell phone, right? I always say we're in the, the brick cell phone cycle of hardware for VR. The only difference is the acceleration of technology is unprecedented. And it is a given, it is a given that these goggles we're wearing today are going to be a pair of glasses that, in my view, they're going to go from, you can walk outside, they're a pair of sunglasses, you flip the switch and you're in AR. You flip another switch, you're in VR. Um, that's where it's going to, it's going to be an all-in-one set of glasses. Think about like a, a pair of Oakley wraparound glasses. That, that's what we're going to. And whether that's in uh, 12 months, 24 months, or five years, it's a given. It's going to happen. I mean, unless you think technology has stopped today and it's never going to, you know, keep going. Uh, but but that's uh, that's that's going to be happening. We've we, we've talked before about LG introduced a form factor pair of glasses already. I mean they're in the market now. They're two hundred ninety nine dollars. Um, so that's that's where it's going, and we're all going to have a pair of them at home, and and uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. They're going to be lightweight, and you're going to you know you may be watching the game on TV, and and now I want to get closer. I want to be there and courtside and put on the pair of glasses and take them off and on. And you know, so. so do you see do you see VR as kind of in a ways like a stepping stone towards AR, or you know? So they're not kind of necessarily at, at ends with each other. They're just like kind of complement each other. I, I think they'll be complementary. There is going to be use cases for, for both. Um, you know, and, and I've always had the question to like, okay, what are the best use cases for VR? I mean, the entire world can be done in VR. Um, it really can't because you think about all the experiences that you cannot physically be at that you'd want to be at. And whether it's, whether it's sports or music or breaking news or, you know, think about all the applications are incredible. Medical, education, um, the list goes on and on and on. And then AR, uh, augmented reality is, is amazing too. I don't know if you've tried HoloLens, but that's, that's incredible. Um, and you think about the commercial applications for that. That's less of a consumer device, um, application, I think personally. Um, but, uh, you think about training and out in the field and because when I tried it at, at Microsoft, you, you put on these, the glass, it's all in one, right? And, uh, one of the things was, uh, one of the experiences was, um, the guy who was showing me this, he walked in the other room. He's like, okay, so I'm going to connect with you on Skype. So I've got these, you know, this, uh, pair of glasses on and there the guy pops up in the window in Skype. And he's like, okay, now look at the table here and see, see the, uh, the tools. And then he's circling them, which is showing mm -hmm. up on my screen. He's circling them and he's like, okay, now take this tool and fix, we're going to fix the light fixture. So he shows me how to fix the light fixture, you know, in real time. I mean, that, that, that in itself is made, is amazing. Not to mention the gaming applications. I'm in the room. I'm looking around. I'm seeing the room that I'm in. And there's, you know, aliens coming out of the wall and you're shooting them and all those kind of fun things, too. And you can actually add in, you know, OK, I'm in the room now. I can see all of you, but I'm going to watch the basketball game and put it on the chair. And I'm watching the, 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 the basketball game now. 
So there's, I think they'll complement each other. And as I, as I mentioned, I think you're going to have a pair of glasses that's going to be kind of the all in one ultimately. So again, I don't know the time frame on that, but it's definitely coming. Yeah. And kind of the biggest, I guess, kind of biggest hype in this space is around Magic Leap, right? Uh, which is, you know, raised a really insane amount of money for not having a publicly released product yet. Um, do you have any thoughts on kind of where they're going or do you know anything about uh, Magic Leap at all? Yeah, um, we know them quite well. Um, they're doing some like mind blowing stuff. I mean, that's the only way to describe it because it's so realistic. Um, and again, it, it's, uh, augmented reality or mixed reality where you're in the room, you're seeing everything. And now you've got these, you know, different, um, whether it's computer generated or video coming at you that they look so real, you want to reach out and touch them. Um, so it's a different application, but, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's mind blowing. That's all I can say. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah. One thing that, and, and it may be that foreign factor advancements, uh, kind of uh, blunt this criticism that you hear sometimes, but the, the one thing that you hear when folks talk about VR and consumer adoption is that at least in the sports context, that it may take away from the social experiment experience of watching a game with, with friends. Do you feel that there's mutual exclusivity between a very immersive experience and then also being able to share it with friends? And, um, you know, if, if not, what are ways that they might address those, those concerns that the people raised? Yeah, that's, that's always a, a kind of one of the most front and center questions about VR because you feel isolated because you're now transported to the courtside seat. Right. Um, I personally watch a lot of sports by myself because I've got a family and my kids are like in sleep and my wife's not interested. She's doing something else and I'm avid sports fan. So I want to watch, you know, the, whatever game that's on. Um, but I am also, you know, going in and out of that experience. Right. So I'm watching the game on TV and I'll stop and I'm looking at my phone. Like everybody, we have a mm -hmm. second screen and sometimes third screens. Where we're doing all these multiple things. And you're, sometimes you're texting, you're emailing, you're talking to your friends or whatever it may be while the, while the event's going on. So even though they're physically not sitting in the room with you, unless it's the Super Bowl or World Cup or one of the big social events that mm -hmm. you're going to go to with a party, a lot of times you're watching it by yourself. But you may be communicating outside to other friends. Same thing's going to happen in VR. So I gave the example of uh, HoloLens where we brought in Skype. So now you're not, now you're communicating just as you would as you're watching TV. Same thing is going to happen. You're going to be able to, to do all your social media while you're watching the, you know, in VR. You're going to create your luxury suite and decorate it with, uh, you know, if you're a Jets fan and make it with all the Jets, you know, decoration in your suite. Now invite your friends who may or may not be watching the game with you. Um, invite them to watch the game with you and you're going to have, you know, the avatar of either you, what you look like yourself or make up whoever you want to be and have all your friends in talking, you know, we're using mobile devices, right? It's for talking. So you're going to be able to talk to your friends as you are today while you're watching a game. And so like, you know, let's say in you know, five, 10 years, a lot of the you know, technological problems have been solved, right? You know, resolution, bandwidth, whatnot. Um, you know, do you see kind of VR as being like you know, the next mobile where it's like literally every single person has VR, uses VR in some capacity, or do you see it being like, you know, gaming systems where it's very popular among, you know, a 
substantial part of the population, but not every single person has an Xbox. Right. Um, well, I think that, uh, so a couple of things, sports is a global, you know, it's, it's global phenomena. There's sports fans all over the globe that are number in the billions, literally number in the billions. So if you have an experience in VR that is so compelling that especially fans who can't get, you know, it's a Warriors game, right? They're sold out for years in advance. You can't get to the arena. You can't watch it sometimes even on television because you live in China. This is now going to, so everybody's going to have a pair, in my opinion, everybody's going to have a pair of VR glasses. Um, the cost, even today, they're starting out, you know, usually the cost is like, it's going to be in the thousands. So even for Gear VR, it's $99. That's where they're starting. And if you order the, the Galaxy 7 phone, you got it for free. So the, the cost is going to come down. The, resolution, the form factor, all those are going to improve to the point where, you know, instead of having a mobile device, maybe you just, you're, you're putting on your glasses and that's what you're, it's a new computing platform. It really is. Um, maybe we're not going to be holding our phones up to our ear. We're just going to be, have, you know, you put on your glasses, they've got earbuds built, built in. You're going to be talking through that and, and experiencing things with your friends that is second to none. I think as sports fans, we certainly have a lot to to be excited about, yeah. uh, no, no doubt about it. So thank you so much for joining us. Really, really deeply appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. That was Brad Allen, the executive chairman of virtual reality streaming company NextVR. Thanks for listening to this episode of the On Deck podcast. We'll be back soon with another great guest. Until then, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think.